0: Hello and welcome to In Conversation with, the Lancet HIV's podcast. I'm Philippa Harris, the Deputy Editor, and joining us this month, are Matibi Kopo from Solidar Med, Lesotho, and Alain Amstutz from the Swiss Tropical and Public Health Institute in Switzerland. Their paper, included in the November issue of the journal, describes the results of the HOSEN trial, which studied secondary distribution of HIV self-tests during a home-based testing campaign. In the intervention arm of this trial, self-tests were left by members of the testing campaign for adults who were absent or declined testing from a household. As well as the HoSeng trial, the November issue contains a wealth of information, but in particular, you may be interested in a trial from Tanzania by Carolyn Farhey and colleagues which looked at financial incentives to promote retention in care and viral suppression in adults with HIV. Um, thank you for joining me today. So your study was conducted in Lesotho. I was wondering if you could just give me a bit of information sort of on the context of um, the HIV epidemic there.
1: Uh, To to give a bit of a background of of, uh, the pandemic status in Lesotho um, would be to start making you aware that Lesotho has the second highest uh, prevalence uh, globally, standing at 23.6%. And of, the, of this population, more than half of, of the infected people are women. And we have also key populations, such as sex workers, uh, with the prevalence of HIV standing at over 70%. We have gay men, and the prevalence around this key population uh, is at 33%. Um, and we don't have so much data around people using injections. And this is primarily because uh, we don't have very many people using injectables or injections and and drugs to to inject into into their systems. And this is primarily because Lesotho, with its uh, low economy, people don't very much use, use uh, drugs, and especially those that are injected into the system. And also moving forward would be to, to highlight that new infections still seem to be, to be on the rise. Just last year in 2019, we had over 13, of new infections and mainly these new infections are among uh, a younger population, especially young women. Also, it is important to note that with the setting uh, of Lesotho, we have more than 70% of the population living in rural areas. And therefore, this simply should uh, highlight that the spread of the pandemic is not only in, in urban areas but also spreads out in, in rural settings. And anything to add? Dr. Yeah,
2: I, I mean just to echo what Matebe was, was saying, I think very important to note in comparison to, let's say, uh, European settings or North American settings, the epidemic in the future is really among the the general population seventy five percent of new infections among the general population not among this so called key population or however you want you want to call them men who have sex with men sex workers and so on as as, as said the prevalence among them is high yes but the numbers are small so it's really an epidemic that's among the general population in the rural areas in rural villages. And that's where Hussein trial uh, was happening in the rural area among the general population. That's very different to a setting like uh, North America or, or England or, or Europe.
0: Your study focused on um, on HIV testing. And, and can you give me sort of a bit of a an overview of, of HIV testing in the country and in particular HIV self-testing?
1: Our, our study focused mainly on non uh, testing and how we went about this this testing. Uh, for a setting like 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 Lesotho um, well the, the Ministry of health and many health centers mostly make use of uh, campaigns and they go go out to to villages to conduct uh, this this um, campaigns and so how we went about our campaign uh, to, to give you a bit of light. We we went into villages and we conducted door-to-door door-to-door testing and also to make you aware uh, of, of the self-test that we, we utilized. Uh, beginning of the year 2018, the Ministry of Health was already in collaboration with another NDO and they started uh, with the distribution of the self-tests. However, uh, this distribution of self-tests were mostly in, in urban areas. And also they were not focused in the areas that we mostly work with, which are rural, which are rural villages. And thereof we, we found it to be opportune for us to to mostly go out use the self-test that way already introduced uh, quite a little bit but go to 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 the rural settings that we mostly work with and so we went into two districts of lesotho uh, which are uh, mostly in, in in rural in rural areas and we conducted this door to door testing and these we also coupled with providing other health services, not only the, the, the HIV testing. And so how we went about it was to to, to offer the, test, the the testing services and the, the, the trick that we, we we kind of put into it, well not a trick as per se but the most interesting part of, of our campaign was that we had realized Prior to to the campaign, that uh, the the uptake, which is the number of people who accept the testing services that uh, are offered, is is really high. But we still have a challenge of of uh, coverage, which is increasing the number of people who who actually test on the on on such days of campaign, and therefore uh, what what we made most use of. Was the the self test that we left primarily for people who, who were absent during during the times of the campaign?
2: Just just to add on that, so so
1: of of course there are lots of different testing modalities already
2: in place in the country Lesotho. There's facility based testing. Um, there, there is self testing already. There, as Matebe rightfully said, uh, the the self test is available. Is 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 there? Is for free? Is accessible? Mostly urban areas. Though when we started, but now it's already. Uh, roll that in what area, so it, it was a very timely study in a way that we made use of something that is available, but then we introduced it into a strategy that was never done before. As Matebe said, there also, as a, as a, as a difference, for example, to Europe or North America, there are lots of door-to-go campaigns. And we might think this is a bit, you know, something uh, strange, but it's actually working really well. And it's very important for the setting. Um, as I'm sure we will talk more about how the setting actually looks like in Lesotho. It's very rural, poor, poor roads and so on. So going to the people is, is, is something that is very much appreciated and is, is an official strategy of the government. But the usual problem is that you don't get everyone and you don't get those, especially who are um, absent on the day of the campaign. And that's where we tried to add the self-test, so in this very targeted way, to increase basically the efficiency of such a home-based, home-based or door-to-door campaigns. So there, there are lots of different uh, modalities in the countries of testing is there, but we were the first one to use it in a in, in these door-to-door campaigns in a very targeted way, uh, meaning in leaving them behind for people who were
0: absent. So you've talked about how it was a, a very rural setting. Um, and I just wondered, you know, were there logistical or operational challenges to working, yeah, not in an urban environment?
1: Well, it would it would be very interesting to to highlight how how, how Lesotho is, is mostly structured. It's like like Dr. Ale has already pointed out, it's 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 very rural. And to to get to to those villages. Uh, with hard to, re- that these villages that are hard to reach, they, there's poor roads. And in order to, to get to these villages, so for people in these villages to get out, they either have to to go on horseback or use 4x4, which is not well accessible for everyone. How, and also this poor public transportation. Well, of course, because of this hard Hardships to 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 go in and out of the villages, and it it made sense that we 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 utilize this door to door once and leave this this self test to to be used and also to 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 offer services on the days of the campaign to to give you also a bit of a, a clear picture of how Lesotho is it's more the well the entire country is over a 1,000 meters above sea level. And in, in this uh, villages and, well, one of the districts that we work in, which is Mkotong, uh, is, is well over 1,600 meters above sea level and ranging somewhere to 2,000 meters above sea level. And this means that, at weather conditions can be experienced and the winters can be quite tricky we have snows in in in, in the winters and so going into those villages these people appreciated very much uh, that we, we we went to them and offered the services Yes, yeah, so in yeah. terms of logistical challenges uh, as you can imagine, there's a lot,
2: about, uh, lot of challenges around uh, transport and, and how to um, get to these places. And then uh, if we do such a campaign, which is something that is uh, regularly done, and we also in our research consortium together with Minister of Health do such campaigns on a regular basis, then it's always uh, the question, uh, you know, where, where, where to sleep, uh, to at the village chief's place, at the clinic. It's, it always includes uh, long walks, um, a lot of teamwork uh,
1: yeah. challenges yeah.
2: That, that, that we have uh, to really uh, overcome uh, the, these um, uh, yeah, so such long weeks in in the field, um, and yes, I think we all lost a few kilos uh, during yeah, uh, this Hossein campaign, for example. but as Matibit said, we really think that's also one of the reasons why these campaigns are so highly appreciated by the population because for them. It's, it's a big issue to even get to the clinic a few hours walk or a horse or an expensive uh, taxi or non-existent taxi. So um, that's, I think, also why these home-based campaigns or multi-disease uh, screening and and, 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 um, and they're really, really important in setting like like,
0: tests were left for um people that were absent from absent from the household but also for people that declined um the offer of testing when, when people came to their door and um, did you have to take sort of special care to around sort of issues like coercion and, and and the privacy of people that declined testing
2: yes yes of course i think that there are several issues um around around coercion um there, there's there's one issue at the day of campaign, right? We go around and we, we offer testing and then some people uh, agree or decline. But then in this specific study, now there was another issue which, which is the self-testing, right? So the tests were left behind for people who were actually not there and then tested on their own with with the self-test. So the different I different scenarios of of coercion we, we could elaborate more. Now the easier one to explain on the day of the campaign, um, so how, how, we, how we do this is is um, we seek first of all, we seek content on on all levels, on on the on the uh, health ethical committee, of course, and then at the village level, from the village chiefs or the village councils, there's a certain structure where you get the your content from. And then at household level, so each household them um, it gives gives a content. And then, when you uh, enter uh, the household, then again, when you offer testing, um, everyone signs their own content. So that's where then people, for example, say, "Okay, no, I I, I don't want um, this. Uh, I don't want blood-based uh, general testing." And for those people who didn't want to have to be tested on the spot, those people we offered the self testing and that was quite an interesting dynamic because you. <laughs> Um, you can imagine if if you go to a family with with two adolescents and and and, and the parents, um, and then uh, you offer testing for everyone. Not uh, every adolescent wants to be necessarily tested in front of of the adults, and you have a bit of a higher refusal rate among such groups. But if you now um, do it in a smart way to leave a self test behind, um, it, it gives them kind of a second opportunity to test in private. So. We have we had a team, a campaign team, and I said it's not the first campaign. We have lots of experience with this kind of uh, campaigns, and we have an experience team. It's a team of HIV counselors, so they they do nothing else the whole day than counseling and HIV testing. And what they usually do, they go into a family, speak to the household head, and they take everyone inside to individually assess, uh, you know, their status and and health background and information type in, type in data and then they take them aside for the testing and now how they did it with the self-test was if not there was an adolescent they took aside. We who didn't want to be tested on the spot, um, blood-based, then they offered um, this adolescent um, uh, a self-test later, which was done then you know besides the house to really take them away and to give them a test and say look you can keep it, keep it for now, you don't have to do it now, Keep it. um, We'll follow it up later. In a way, you you know, I mean, the concept of coercion is is a concept we can discuss a lot. uh, It's a fine line, I think, between being being between, or someone to test and and between motivate someone to test. So these counselors are all well trained and they understand um, them. These concepts very well. Um, now. But the second part with the self-testing, that's obviously a totally different scenario because when the tests were left behind and let's say an absent household member came back to the household, um, then this was a different scenario, right? Because then you had the family there with a self-test for this person who was absent. So this was a different dynamic and this dynamic was then managed not by us anymore by the campaign team because we were then gone but by the trained village health workers, these are so-called community health workers that we specifically trained to follow up those tests. They live there, close by, and they did the whole follow-up. So um, they managed then um, these these scenarios. So le- let us know uh, if you want to explore any of these a bit in more detail.
0: No, I think that's great, very comprehensive. So, so in your trial the, the secondary testing was a big success you know and it led to increased testing coverage and you know you talked about how there are some groups especially adolescents for example who who you know there are sort of barriers for them accessing HIV testing and um, did you see um just interested to know if, if you saw sort of a, an increase in particular in in certain groups like adolescents um with the secondary testing
2: yes so we we, we saw a big increase uh, among some populations, so testing coverage, um, the effect that we saw between control and intervention was not the same among um, different populations. We saw a, a higher effect among men versus women. so men among men, the increase of testing coverage from the day of campaign until end of the follow-up was about thirty percent, whereas the general overall improvement was was about twenty one percent. They had they had a higher improvement, and the same also for adolescents. And it's it's interesting that you ask about the adolescents because we we have um, we did a nested study within um, this Hoseng trial where we added more qualitative data and went back to adolescents who performed the test and adolescents who did not perform the test, asked them specifically uh, more about uh, their reasons and their views and their perceptions, and that's a a publication in the in the GIS that came out, and actually it's Matebe who herself who went to these adolescents and performed interviews. So maybe I don't know if this fits in now here, but she would she could give you some more insights about those interviews.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Okay, um, so in this Nestor study, we we conducted about well, we conducted 21 interviews uh, for adolescents and young adults, and from from this group, we. Well, during the interviews, one of the things I I uncovered and I found very interesting were the positive views that they shared. And among those were that they really enjoyed uh, the the idea of uh, of a self-test left behind because it was accessible for them. You know, the, like we said, we mentioned earlier. I mean, these villages are hard to reach, and it takes hours to walk from village to health centers. And so, they, they, it was accessible for them now that it was left behind for them to use. Also, they expressed that uh, they could use it uh, at their convenience when it's confidential. They could. In the sport, you could use it in your room or at a corner where, you know, uh, there's no one crying on, on, on the results you could be having. And also, that the, the test was very easy to use. And so this was one of the things they they, they said they enjoyed about leaving behind the, the self-test. And one of the things that, uh, well, was a bit of a negative view from, from leaving behind uh, the self-test was one that they they made a wish that it it would be easier for them to use if there was in-person assistance. And, well, this did not fit in so much with our model because we wanted to to reach those individuals who were not present, and so the the in-person assistance was not uh, possible at at this juncture. However, one other thing to to add on the positive sides that they mentioned was that they appreciated that uh, there was a person who was trained, who who, who is a village health worker, who, who helped with mostly follow up of of, of this test. They could easily take back the results, the tests either used or not, to to the to the someone who is close or who is the village health worker. And so, yeah, this this were the views that we gathered from from this um, in depth interviews.
2: And it might also a bit surprising because you know these are elderly women these village health workers in the communities um, so that rather showed us that they are actually also accepted in the community even by the younger people um, yeah which was not necessarily that evident from the start right you know we thought maybe they they will not appreciate uh, the village of workers too much uh, because of confidentiality issues but this seemed to work quite well so just to give you one w- one figure um, overall, the uptake of the, the self-tests was at 58%, right? So that's, I think, uh, one important figure to note. It's not everyone who, who left the test behind who performed the test, mm-hmm. but 58 was was what we kind of uh, um,
0: expected. Secondary testing was a success in your trial. Um, so just to kind of to finish up, what are the big barriers to this just being um, used routinely in the SOTU and, and in other countries?
2: So um, yes, I, th- I think we can brainstorm a bit around the, the barriers, and I think it's a very important question because in the end we also want that these results are shared and are taken up um, in in other settings. So I think one thing that that came out during also the qualitative uh, research was that there might be you know it's it's very important to have a good system of follow up. So we had this system of the village health worker who was was accepted in the community and who was trained, knew how to how to deal with it, but maybe there's still some smarter ideas around how, how to make the follow-up. Also some adolescents, for example, mentioned that uh, a bit more assistance, for example, with audio or so, because we left the self-test behind with, with leaflets in the studio, the local language, but maybe if that would be improved, that it could remove also some some barriers so just to make it easier to use um and of 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 course um there's still there's still persistent stigma about uh hiv around also here in the, in, in in lesotho with a prevalence of uh, 24% um so if if stigma is being reduced if we can work on that uh, we should sure even secondary testing would be more more efficient would be taken up, up more also if the self-test for example could be uh, more marketed uh, people would be more aware of it there would be more campaigns around the with the self-test and yeah people would be more familiar with the self-test we're sure that this would also lead to, to a higher um, uptake. Also, if the test uh, would become a bit more, bit cheaper. I mean, right now this is paid through different sources, global fund and and other sources. People usually don't pay, but for the organizations and funders, if the test becomes cheaper, obviously it becomes easier to implement um, uh, something.
1: And, and also j- just to add a bit on, on what Dr. has mentioned, uh, we, we we mentioned that when we started the campaign, uh, the the, the idea of the self-test was, was rather new. People had long been used to, to the use of blood-based testing, and thereof we, we gathered that uh, people with not being so acquainted to, to the self-test were not very, well, yeah, with the, oral, with the oral tests. They were not very uh, trusting of, of the results and of the test itself. And so they they, they felt that if, even if they could do themselves the test, maybe if it if, if it was a a blood a blood based a specimen test. So that's that's one of the things that we think maybe moving forward, if uh, we could improve on uh, the marketing, like Dr. Ala said, uh, people should be aware that even the oral test is is as much reliable as as. As, as other tests, perhaps, and also that uh, people could could easily use it,
2: because those blood-based self-tests are also coming, not yet that uh, as widely available as the oral fluid ones, but that might also uh, lead lead to an improvement. And then I think as a last point, um, it, it's just also really important that we have some policies in play. So the more such strategies uh, are taken up in. Um, national guidelines and policy papers, the more, and international ones, the more this uh, secondary distribution model can be translated to other settings. Because what's important to note um, this, for example, the follow-up with the village health workers, that's nothing that is very typical for Lesotho. Most uh, other um, sub-African countries, they have such a LA lay health worker cadre, community health workers who could assist the same way as we did it here. So it's a very simple intervention, going out just once to far reach, hard to reach villages, leave the test behind, and then just let it follow up by people who are already there. And after 120 days, you can significantly improve uh, testing coverage. So that's why it's it's really an interesting model to to look into in in other settings, similar settings as well. And with policies in place, it would obviously make it make it easier to pick it up in other
1: settings.
0: Well, thank you so much for talking to me today and uh, and as I said um, the paper we, is uh, published in the November issue so please read it. And thank you too for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, you may also be interested in an article on the Botswana Combination Prevention Project, which looked at enhanced HIV testing alongside various HIV prevention and treatment interventions. This article was published in our June issue earlier this year. So thank you once again for joining us and we hope you'll be back next month when we'll continue the conversation.